Well, three weeks from today, we will begin a special series of meetings with Brother Gary Sandusky from Madison, Indiana, who is coming to present some lessons uh, specifically from the book of First Peter. Gary has entitled this series of lessons, Be Ye Holy. And if you've ever spent any time, ever studied in the epistle of First Peter, then you know that that is a very appropriate title. The word holy or holiness is found about ten different times in the book. And that doesn't even count all of the dozens of, of other synonyms, other words and phrases that are synonymous with holiness that are used throughout the book as well. Holiness is one of, if not the, primary theme in Peter's first epistle. And Gary's going to help us with that. Gary's going to help us to explore the epistle of 1 Peter, to understand it better, and most importantly, so that we can make application of that central verse in 1 Peter 1 and verse 16. And that is where the Lord says, Be ye holy, for I am holy. However, that's three weeks away. I don't want to wait three whole weeks to get to working on holiness in my life. Holiness, if we were to just give a real simple and very basic kind of definition, it simply just means to be set apart for God's service. And in fact, that's actually what it means to be a saint. The word saint, the Greek word for saint, and the Greek word for holy, same exact thing. That's what it means when we call ourselves saints. When the Lord calls us saints, when He calls us to holiness, He is calling us to be set apart for His special use. And while there is certainly a sense in which God sets us apart the moment that we obey the gospel, the moment that we become a Christian, the Lord makes us holy by clothing us in Christ, there is that sense in in which we are holy. But there is also another sense in in which we bear some responsibility. That we must pursue after the things of God. We must pursue after the things that God would describe and be known as holy. We need to integrate those things as a regular fixture in our lives. One fellow kind of illustrated it this way. He said, you know, it's one thing to be granted citizenship into a country, but it's another thing to live as a good citizen of that country. And that kind of, I believe, is a good illustration to get it the dual meaning when we talk about being holy. God has, first of all, granted us citizenship into His kingdom. That makes us holy right out of the gate. But furthermore, God expects us to live as good citizens in that kingdom. That is then what it means for us to be holy just as God is holy. And so, thinking about holiness, I wrote about holiness on the front page of the bulletin, probably will for the next couple of weeks, kind of getting our minds thinking in that direction and kind of as a way of getting a head start on the meeting. I want us to take a look this evening at a hymn that encourages us to greater holiness in our lives. In fact, this hymn probably encourages that thing better than any other hymn that I know in our hymnal. It's song number 118 in your songbook. It's the song, Take Time to Be Holy. Be getting that songbook out and getting it turned to that song. The song was written all the way back in 1874 by a guy by the name of William Longstaff. Shortly after hearing a sermon on, can you guess it? He heard a sermon on 1 Peter 1 verse 16, Be ye holy for I am holy. It planted a seed in his mind and he wanted to develop those thoughts and write that into into poetry. And you just know that a hymn is starting off on the right foot when it's based and grounded in Scripture itself. The song actually began, though, as a poem. Mr. Longstaff didn't even know it was going to be a song. 
It wasn't until about 15 years later that a fellow by the name of George Stebbins decided to set it to music and it became the hymn that we are all familiar with today. Admittedly, this song is not one of my favorites, at least from a musical standpoint. There's all kinds of things that this song doesn't have that I know I do like in songs. It doesn't have any like special parts with the, you know, with the altos or anything like that in the song. It doesn't have any big emotional swells up or down. And if I'm just being really, really honest, I always kind of groaned a little bit when I was a youngster when song leaders would announce that we're going to sing, Take Time to Be Holy. Ah, oh, I don't care for this song because musically, musically I just always thought it was kind of uninspired. But I will tell you, as I have gotten older, I have very much come to appreciate this song. This song, not talking about it musically, but lyrically, this song has substance. This song is thoughtful. This song is thoroughly scriptural. This song is personally applicable and challenging in its lyrics. It helps to spur us on to greater devotion to the Lord. Let's just read the words to this song. Take time to be holy. Speak often with your Lord. Abide in Him always and feed on His Word. Make friends of God's children. Help those who are weak. Forgetting in nothing His blessings to seek. Take time to be holy as the world rushes on. Spend much time in secret with Jesus alone. Abiding in Jesus like Him you'll be. Your friends in your conduct, His likeness, they'll see. Take time to be holy. Be calm in your soul. Each thought and each motive beneath His control. Thus, led by His Spirit to fountains of love, you soon shall be fitted for service above. You know, some of our older hymns, there's a handful of them that I just don't think have aged very well. This is one of the exceptions. There's a lot of songs that just give me some of the concepts and the wording just just doesn't really seem relatable to our day and time, to the world that we're living in now and to the things that we deal with on a daily basis. But I would submit to you that this song is probably even more relevant now than it was 140 years ago whenever Mr. Longstaff wrote it. Think about it. Take time to be holy. Well, who's got time for that? Who's got time for all of this kind of stuff? I mean, come on, I'm coming and I'm going, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. I'm doing all this stuff. Who's got time for all this business about holiness? Yet this song addresses the fact that we need to take that time. And there's actually a couple of good reasons for it. Number one, this song encourages us to take that time because because the world rushes on. Boy, isn't that a line just fitting of 2016 America? Our lives are so hectic. They are so fast-paced. There is so much going on. Busyness has practically become a virtue in our day and time. Everybody seems to be going 100 miles an hour in 100 different directions. Yet what does James in his epistle, what does he say about our lives? Our lives are but a vapor. They're here for a little while and then... They're gone. They're vanishing away. What this verse of this song, that statement there, it's challenging us to do is to slow down. To slow down, to stop. Because before we know it, all of our time will have slipped by. Which leads right into this second reason why we need to take that time, and that is because it takes time to be holy. 
That is the key presumption that this song is trying to stress. I think about 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 1, where the Apostle Paul says there that we are to be perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Think about that. We are to be perfecting this, perfecting holiness. Perfecting something implies that it takes some practice. It takes some effort. It takes some repetition on our part. And if we do not deliberately take time to do that, then that window of opportunity to be perfecting holiness in our life gets smaller and smaller and smaller, and before we know it, it closes completely on us. Which brings us maybe to the real meat of this song. Because the songwriter then gives us some very practical ways in which we can take time to be holy. And I think we can probably split this into two main categories here. First of all, we need to be holy by spending time with the Lord. Look at verse 1 again. Speak oft with thy Lord. No doubt about it. That's a reference to prayer. Talked at length this morning about prayer and what that means. Abide in Him always and feed on His Word, the song goes on to say. That's probably a reference to a verse that we also read this morning. John 15 and in verse 7. Where Jesus said, abide in me. My words abide in you. Studying God's Word. Spending time in the book. I do that so that I can be drawn closer to God. So that I can learn more of His holiness and put that into my life. And then look at verse 2 of the song. Spend much time, much time in secret with Jesus alone. It's talking about the idea of having just some private devotion time with me and the Lord. And maybe I'm going to be spending some time in prayer with God in secret. Maybe I'm going to be spending time in His Word. Maybe I'm just going to set aside a few minutes each day. I'm just going to meditate and think about the Lord. Just think about the meaning of, uh, of the things that I've read in Scripture. I'm going to think about His kindness and His goodness and all of the blessings that He's bestowed upon me in my life. Think about His mercy and about His love. The kind of personal devotion time. It's so enriching and it's so needed for our life. Think about that two-way channel of communication, though, of prayer and Bible study. We just cannot begin to overestimate the blessing and the necessity of that in our lives if we're going to develop holiness. Furthermore, this song encourages us to think about to think about spending some time with others. And a couple of specific examples are given in this song. Look at verse 1 again. Make friends of God's children. How much time do you have for the family of God? Most of you here, I know that you at least have four hours every week for God's family because that's roughly the amount of time that we spend together on Sunday mornings, Sunday nights, and Wednesday nights in our worship assemblies and in our Bible classes. And that's good. That's certainly a start. But what about beyond these four walls? I think about Acts 2 and verse 46 where the Bible says that those early Christians... They spent a lot of time together. And not just in worship, but they spent time from house to house. They strengthened their relationships with one another. Built bonds with one another. They helped to sharpen one another. We need that. We need more of that. Just like we also need what verse 1 goes on to say. We need to be helping those who are weak. Now that would certainly include those amongst the family of God who are weak. But I think we can extend that even further, even beyond God's family. Galatians 6 and verse 10 talks about doing good to all men, and especially to those of the household of faith. Are we making time looking for opportunities to serve and assist 
and to help others in their time of difficulty, in their time of need. I think about Jesus and how He placed an awfully big premium on that very thing, on serving others. In Matthew 25, Jesus talks about what's the standard going to be on the day of judgment. Jesus says a whole lot in Matthew chapter 25 about when you serve others, it's as if you were serving me. We need to be involved in that. Which means we need to slow down. need to take time. We need to be looking for opportunities to build relationships with God's family and to serve those that are in need. Now, if all of that good stuff wasn't enough from this song, the songwriter takes it just one more step further. And he encourages us to think for just a minute about the great benefits of taking time to be holy. And I'd break it down into a couple of categories here. First of all, when you take time to be holy, we're just going to be blessed by that. We are. There's just some wonderful blessings from that. Look at verse 3. Take time to be holy. Be calm in thy soul. What's that talking about? I think that's talking about peace. Talking about that calmness of spirit that we have when we know that we are right with God. That we are walking with God. Furthermore, that each thought and each motive, they come beneath His control. Who here couldn't use some more of that? Use some more self-discipline, some self-control? You know, holy living, that helps to build self-discipline because we're living for, we're not living for self. We're living for Him. We're not living by our own desires and our own impulses. We're living for the Lord and we're living for His will. Thus led by His Spirit to fountains of love. You soon shall be fitted for service above. As we grow in Christ, as we walk in the Spirit, as we're led by the Spirit through His Word, that prepares us for that wonderful and glorious day. We will meet the Lord and we will reign with God forever. What a blessing that is. And then I do want to highlight maybe just one other blessing. I want to give it its own category altogether. Because this song wonderfully expresses what I believe is the goal of holiness What is the goal of Christianity as a whole? And that is, when we're living holy lives, that makes us more like Christ. Isn't that right? Look at verse 2 again. Abiding in Jesus. When you're abiding in Jesus, like Him you shall be. Then further on in the verse, your friends, by your conduct, your friends, His likeness, they're going to see. And that's what we want, isn't it? That's what we're striving for. That is the goal of our time here on earth is to be more like Jesus. To be more like the Master, Luke 6 verse 40 says. To be conformed to the image of God's Son, Romans 8 29 says. To have others, when they look at us, not so much to see us, but that they'll see Christ living in us, Galatians 2 and verse 20. You see, we are pursuing after holiness. We want holiness in our lives because that is what Jesus exemplified. We want to be holy just as He is holy. I hope you'll take the words of this song very seriously this week. I hope that this very week you will take time to be holy so that you can be more like Jesus Christ.